Hello and welcome to the Latter-day Ladies, a podcast for women seeking to live a gospel-centered life in a Latter-day world. I'm your host, Jenny Moss. Hello, my friends. After getting that last podcast out, I felt like there was more. So I think I'm going to be releasing this second part of the judgment series. It just became a series just now. Um, And it's entitled, But He Was a Bishop. I think that this, um, the many responses that I got from the podcast about judgment are because of certain things that have happened in the last week. And um, I just want to preface my thoughts with, I'm sorry if you are hurting. I'm sorry if your heart hurts and you feel confused and yucky. That's a really, really hard space to be in. Um, I was given some advice by a wonderful friend and she said, allow yourself to be curious. Curious about your feelings, curious about why. Do some praying, do some writing before you talk to anybody about it. And that actually helped me work out quite a lot of what I was um, experiencing. So just know I love you and I'm with you. I support you all the days, every days. Okay. Have you heard the phrase, but he was a bishop or, but she served a mission or they got married in the temple. I am sure you've heard those phrases said, or you've said those phrases. Why does it feel so painful when someone who has made covenants with God or who has served in a public capacity then decides the church isn't the right fit for them anymore? I think that there's a couple elements to this. The first is the assumption of final judgment. We're afraid that their choice to step away means they will not qualify for the blessings of the celestial kingdom. We learn about the straight and narrow, and we see when someone takes an alternative path that it may be difficult to find their way back. I understand the fear that's associated with this, but we cannot forget that God has every one of us in the palm of his hand. He will present us and anyone who has decided to step away from the church with opportunities for progression in this life and in the next. Treating anyone like they are too far gone puts a divide between us, and connection is more difficult to foster. Our relationships should not be predicated upon someone's current status of activity. Number two, there is an assumption of faith light and understanding when they hold a certain calling. But he served as a bishop twice. I don't understand how his faith could have wavered. I want to make something incredibly clear. This ideology is dangerous. 
There is no calling, no mission, no amount of knowledge that prohibits someone from feeling temptation and opposition. We often speak of the adversary, or we don't often speak of the adversary because giving him any airtime feels dumb when we could be talking about good things. But we need to be mindful that he is very aware of us. He is aware of those who are in positions of influence. He knows who to zero in on. Whatever our calling may be, we cannot ever think we are above the dependence on the Savior and the Holy Ghost for protection. And unless our calling and election is made sure, we need to build line upon line. Also, we are given opportunity for growth publicly and privately, but it is our responsibility to take those lessons into our souls and to keep those lessons there. The third thing is that often callings are associated with more righteousness. Maybe it's the respect we associate with the callings in the church, but often leadership can be put on a pedestal. That includes assumptions that because they have a calling as a bishop or a state president or a mission president, etc., that they somehow have a cornerstone on light and understanding. While these callings give the bearer a mantle and the keys from heaven that can connect them directly to God for guidance over their stewardship, they are also human beings. I'm sure you have had firsthand experience seeing someone who holds keys make mistakes. Sometimes there are even large-scale mistakes. But that does not make our decision to judge that person any more righteous. It is not our place to judge anyone, including our leaders. Bishops are entitled to repentance just as much as a deacon is. The repercussions may be different due to greater covenants, but even still, That doesn't give us a license to shake our heads and cast judgment. We are all humans. We are all sinners. And we are all divine children in need of an atonement. We can see when anyone chooses to use their agency for the Lord's purpose, power and light flow through them. Our expectation for what holding certain callings entail can slowly be removed when we realize that we have those expectations. I had an experience greeting a leader, a global leader, who I had known and loved for years, who made a joke that did not land with me. Looking back, I think it's hilarious now, But at a young age, I didn't understand it, and it made me feel weird. Every time this person spoke at General Conference, I remember feeling that that same weird feeling. And it just didn't sit right. A couple years later, I had gone through a couple experiences in my life that showed me that in my perspective of leadership, I had built a box 
for them to reside in. I had made all sorts of assumptions about how their personalities would be, their humor, the way they would interact. And until I had had that life experience, I was finally able to see that when I met that leader, the perspective I was viewing through was built on my own thoughts and not anything doctrinally based. It was my opportunity to change. And once I did, I actually thought his joke was pretty funny. I had a calling of being the Relief Society teacher a couple years ago. It was during my first pregnancy and the first time I had experienced hyperemesis. I tore my abdomen at about 20 weeks through the intense vomiting that was happening every single day. It was the first of three very trying pregnancies. I was in a new ward and area and only attended church once in a while due to my extreme illness. I was preparing for my lesson about the power of prayer, and then I thought about how I had felt prompted the previous week to start praying to the Lord to help me when I started throwing up so that I could make the throwing up sessions shorter and go as quickly as possible, get everything out that I needed to, and then I would have space to rest afterwards because, you know, you feel better for a little bit. I spent so much of my time sick that when I felt some relief, it felt like an actual miracle. Every single time I prayed this, it happened, and I felt God smiling down on me. When I shared this story in class, I felt the Spirit. But when I finished, a woman in her 90s in the front row said very loudly to her friend, Why is she talking about vomiting and relief society? Her friend said, I don't know. It's very inappropriate. And I'm pretty sure that half of the class heard. Oh, <gasps> uh, I laugh about it now. But at the time, I was definitely in my head. Afterwards, I kept thinking, why did I feel like I should share that story? Was it inappropriate for the setting? I was so anxious after that to share anything personal. I finally worked out thoughts about this situation. And maybe my opinion will change in the future, but this is what I currently think. I think because I was in such acute pain and suffering at that moment, I was very immersed in that mindset. And maybe it was partially prompted by the Spirit. And maybe it was partially prompted by my desire to feel connected to these people that I didn't know. I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be included. I wanted to be able to feel close to them as I shared something hard that I was going through. Maybe I was supposed to share that story and it didn't sit right with everybody. There's so many different scenarios 
that could have happened with that lesson. But I still hope that someone who was listening with spiritual ears learned something because in the end, anything we hear in church can be a lesson. Even if that lesson is don't bring up vomit stories in Relief Society. I'm sure in many lessons, talks, or comments that we've all experienced in church, opinion has been coupled with truth. It's part of our growth to separate the wheat and the tares of opinion and truth. But we have to speak in church. We need to share, to write out our thoughts about the gospel, to be able to participate in the process of learning what truth is. It shouldn't keep us from speaking when we feel prompted to because we're afraid we may say something that is only partially true. God's church is a place of schooling. But that doesn't ensure learning will happen. We need to choose to learn. So if you are in a weird lesson or you're listening to a talk that doesn't resonate with you, rewrite one in your head. Start researching it in your scriptures and think about how you would teach the principle with your perspective. Ask the spirit to pour out knowledge that you stand in need of. These strategies often help me bridge the gap. If you have children in your hands, think of the most inspirational song that includes the topic being spoken about and study the lyrics out in your mind. The church's standardization of doctrine does not prohibit opinion and ideas from entering the building. We must be the sifters of truth. We must apply the Spirit when listening to what is being taught. We also don't get to decide the order that other people learn. There's no guarantee of someone's understanding. And if it seems like a simple truth to you, maybe it's your opportunity to teach it to others. Every single person in your life is currently on the path to receive truth and experience. You might be the key for that person's greater light and knowledge and helping them along in their journey. So what's the point of going to church if things are not done perfectly? We know truth is universal and it can be acquired by anyone. And we don't have the only source of truth in our church. So what does the church have? The church of Jesus Christ exclusively possesses the priesthood or the power to act in God's name. The church possesses the keys and the gift of the Holy Ghost. We have the authority to perform covenants that bind on earth and bind in heaven. And we have a prophet called of God. These are my anchors. They are my reasons to always press forward. 
If you have questions about those things, that's totally fine. Study them out. Take your questions to Heavenly Father and make space to listen. I know it's hard. It's hard to drop our expectations and assumptions, but it's so important for us to pray to see others for who they really are. They're kids of God. They're our sisters and our brothers. Even with flaws, they're showing up and doing their best to build themselves and the church up. Judgment is reserved for Jesus and forgiveness will set us free. Asking God for his love for others can transform our perception and replace a desire to judge for a desire to love, a desire to understand, and a desire to connect. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I know that together we can do this. We can do all the hard things. Have a wonderful day.